listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into a conversation that may just be a leading factor in your children's symptoms, such as allergies or autism. Going live today with Zen Honeycutt, who is a mom of three boys who actually had allergies and autism symptoms, which improved when they ate organic. She founded a nonprofit organization called Moms Across America to raise awareness about GMOs and exposure to toxins offer GMO-free and organic solutions, and support leadership to create healthy communities. Welcome, Zen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Jen, and thank you to your audience for listening. Oh, yes. I know a lot of of our audience are moms out there, and if they're not a mom, they're a grandma out there, Mm -hmm. and they are starting to ask questions about what's in our food and what are our kids being exposed to, and you know, why are kids more sick nowadays? Things like this. So I'm curious, Zen, how did you even get this started? Like founding this nonprofit and really on a mission to help communities get away from our exposure to toxins? Well, I think a lot of your listeners could probably relate. Uh, Back when I had my babies, they had all kinds of allergies and crying and green stringy poop and, you know, projectile vomiting and gut issues and rashes and just all kinds of things that were really foreign to me and I was struggling with. And I realized that a lot of my moms in the moms clubs were also struggling. I had a mom friend whose son was 18 month old, was allergic to apples. Another one who was allergic to pepper, another one that was allergic to mango and strawberries. And we were like, you know, that's in addition to the dairy, eggs, wheat, nuts, tree nuts, you know, shellfish, like they had all these other allergies. And we're like, what is going on with our children? And we realized that none of us had these allergies when we were kids. We maybe knew one person had an allergy to peanuts or something, right? When we were little kids. Yeah. In this climate, which was 20 years ago for me now, my oldest is 20, my middle is 18, and my youngest is 15. But back then it was like every single kid we knew had some kind of allergy, even then. And it just got worse, right? When our kids got into elementary schools, you know, having a a kid over, you have to ask about the dietary risks. And we realized that we were struggling with autoimmune issues, gut issues, allergies, life-threatening allergies. My son almost died on Thanksgiving evening because of a pecan in the stuffing. It was, we had to rush to ER. It was terrifying. And it wasn't until I saw a a video from Robin O'Brien called Patriotism on a Plate, her TED Talk, come through my Facebook feed that I realized that the the food system, the food supply had changed. The genetically modified foods had been put into our food system. It, at that time, it was 17 years before. And our kids and we had been eating genetically modified foods such as corn and soy and sugar and canola oil and things like that at, at very high levels. They were in 75% of processed foods and they were not labeled. Nobody was telling us about it. I had heard about GMO tomatoes back in my, when I was maybe 19 or 20 in New York city, 
And I heard about it for like a second on the mainstream media. And I was, I was mad. I was like, how can they genetically engineer tomatoes with fish, you know, in order to make the tomatoes more resistant to frost, there was some type of fish gene that they put in them, but they made the tomatoes kind of mushy and consumers didn't like the texture. So they went away. So I thought that was it with GMOs, but that, that wasn't it. They were in the food supply, 85 to 90%, maybe, maybe even a hundred percent, for instance, of sugar beets in the U S are genetically modified. And that means they are foreign proteins that the body has never had to withstand before. And when a body has to withstand a foreign protein, it creates resistance and inflammation in the gut, right? It like tries to reject it. And in addition to them genetically modified organisms being foreign proteins, uh, which have been linked to infertility and all kinds of uh, cancers and tumors and all of that, 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand glyphosate. And glyphosate is one of the ingredients in Roundup that most people are aware of. So that meant that 280 million pounds a year of glyphosate was being sprayed on our crops, such as soy and corn and sugar and canola crops. But also as a drying agent, I learned uh, a little bit further into my work on wheat and grains and oats and peas and beans and barley, grains that are dried, right? Sold dried or processed and used dried. So unless you're eating organic, you're eating very high levels of GMOs in processed food and glyphosate on grains and, you know, and other types of processed foods. And there are enormous health implications from consuming these things, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to clarify, someone listening, GMOs, well, are all GMOs sprayed with pesticides? That's a good question. So no, there's three kinds of GMOs. The first one is called BT toxin GMOs, and they are pesticides built right into the GMO. Wow. So they are genetically engineered with BT toxin that constantly reproduces more toxin. Now, BT toxin is used in organic food, but it's not genetically engineered to constantly reproduce more toxins, like a little toxin factory. So in GMOs, they produce this toxin over and over and over again. It explodes the stomach of the bug that eats the corn, you know, the, either the root or the stalk or anywhere on that corn. And so it explodes the bug stomach and it will die. So that's the type of corn that uh, some of us have been eating for a long time. And then you have to wonder why, Hey, I wonder why so many kids have holes in their small intestines. They're all bloated and allergies. And the, the, the food leaks out of those little holes. It's called leaky gut. And then they develop allergies because the, the undigested food gets into their body and they're like, wait a second, we don't recognize this wheat. We don't recognize this corn. We don't recognize these eggs as a digested, you know, they're in the bloodstream then. So these children develop allergies based on the fact that there's holes in their small intestines. Hello, BT toxin that creates holes in the stomachs of bugs. And that's how it kills it, right? So that's a BT toxin. It's a pesticide built right in GMO. The second type of GMO is when it's genetically engineered to withstand an herbicide. So it's called HT, herbicide tolerant. And that is the one that's 80% resistant to glyphosate. Now there's other chemicals too, like dicamba and 2,4-D and, you know, other very harmful chemicals, but glyphosate is the main one. And the problem with that is that we're not Roundup ready, right? And these, that when they're sprayed on these crops, you know, the corn for instance will live, but the weeds around it will die, but the residue stays on the corn. And we consume those residues. They don't wash, dry, or cook off. They absorb into the plant. That's why we found glyphosate in wine. They spray it in between the vines, but it uptakes and absorbs into the grapes. 
right? It absorbs in. So you can't wash this off. I was really mad when I found that out because I was busy washing my, you know, my produce. But this is different. Glyphosate's not sprayed on vegetables and fruits. It's sprayed around them and then it uptakes into them. And it's sprayed directly on grains and does not wash, dry, or cook off. But those, when it's sprayed on grains, it, that those are not GMO grains. Those are just regular wheat, regular hummus, you know, chickpeas for hummus, regular oats. They're not genetically modified. They're grains that are, they're only using the glyphosate as a drying agent on them and it soaks in. So the th- second type of GMO is the herbicide tolerant GMO, like the corn or the soy or the canola that's genetically engineered to withstand glyphosate. And they use it as a weed killer. The third type of GMO has nothing to do with pesticides and herbicides. They have a desired trait. So I call them DT, desired trait to follow suit. And uh, they're actually called gene editing, CRISPR, things like that. And there's many different types of foods out there now, again, unlabeled. There's, for instance, there's salmon that's genetically engineered to grow four times fatter, four times faster and be sterile. Not interested feeding that to my kids. No, or yourself. There's apples that are genetically engineered to not brown. There's potatoes that are genetically engineered to not brown. Um, the problem with that is that they they are still rotting. You just don't see it. You could smell them, but you don't see the browning. And the problem with these types of desired trade GMOs is that they have been shown to cause thousands of off-target mutations. And I am not interested in feeding my kids something that causes off-target mutations, you know, in the cell plant, the cells of the plant or in their body. I don't know what's going to happen there. So this whole messing with food thing has caused our bodies to react in protective ways, which makes sense, right? Like for instance, when they genetically modified alfalfa, the alfalfa plant got tougher, meaning it made more fiber and less protein. And that's the last thing that cattle ranchers want. They want more protein. They want less fiber, more protein. And so they refused to have GMO alfalfa. But then along the way, the government, even the, there was even a, a Supreme Court ruling that ruled out GMO alfalfa. But then the government went over the ruling and said they went ahead and allowed it anyway. But most farmers don't use it because they know that it's perennial and that it'll spread and that it will cause, you know, to have less superior crops. So, you know. It's a huge concern. People are messing with the food supply and they're mostly doing it so that they can sell more chemicals. I want to be clear about that. They say that they're feeding the world, but these chemical companies like Bayer, they were the ones that created the chemicals for Auschwitz and and, um, the, the times of Hitler. And then those chemicals were banned in warfare. So they needed to find a new market for their chemicals and they convinced farmers to declare war on bugs and weeds with chemicals. Before that, they weren't using them in that way. You know, the farmers plowed and hoed and weeded and do you know what I mean? They used manual labor. Yeah. No, that's a great, yeah, a great observation that I never thought of. <laughs> they've been doing that for thousands of years. Yeah. They've used fire. They've used mulch. They've used permaculture. They've used, you know, food forests. You know, we've been growing food for thou- the hundreds of thousands of years and many thousands yeah. of generations. Survival. Yeah. Without toxic chemicals. Yeah. Survival of the human existence. I know. I think about that all the time. It's like... We, you know, a hundred years ago, you couldn't eat a cucumber year round. And a hundred years ago, kids weren't, the obesity rate wasn't like it is. And we weren't being diagnosed with all these things. So like 
everybody has to step back and at least look at it and say, okay, something's going on. But I think everybody is just so busy. Their head is down. They have blinders on and they're not attributing it to, there has been no connection for food and health in America. No one has educated them on how much your food has an impact on your health. A lot of people just think, oh, you know, it's genetics or I'm getting older or things like that. They just don't associate the two. And so that brings me to where are we getting the most exposure from this? I'm sure you have a list, but I do want to dive into specifically of fast food because America's busy. We're tired. No one cooks really at home anymore. Although I'm I'm standing from the rooftop screaming, you should, you should, you should start now. Even if you don't, you don't even know how to melt butter, like you can do it. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about all of these foods are unlabeled, meaning you might go to the grocery store and you're buying grains, you're buying chickpeas, and you think the ingredients are just chickpeas, but no one's educating you or making you aware on the label that, no, there's actually pesticides in here as well, right? And I think that also goes in line with fast food. When you go to a fast food restaurant and you're ordering fried chicken and French fries, you may think it's chicken, oil, and a few preservatives or it's just potatoes and oil and salt, but like there's more to that. Okay. Yes. So I quickly want to talk about, I emailed Canes recently because we were in a Canes drive-thru with my kids. They're begging me and they probably, my kids probably eat fast food once a quarter. So four times a year with me. And so I mean, I feel like that's a huge win in today's society, but I gave it to them and I said, hey kids, I'm going to ask them what the ingredients are. And of course they're like ducking down, mom, don't do it. It's so embarrassing. Don't do it. So I Googled it. And do you know that you can't find the ingredients on Kane's website? So do you want to know what I did next? What? Yeah, please. I actually emailed Kane's, okay? And I got a response from Kane's and it said, we're so delighted that you care about what's in your food and you want to know what's in your food, Mm -hmm. but that's information we can't give away. And I'm like, excuse me, you can't give it to me? So they did not give it to me. And so I wrote back and I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't want your recipe. I want your ingredients. And then a day later, they write me back and say, the chicken has basically chicken and they named their horrible oil. And that was it. And I said, you don't have any preservatives in your food. And I said, if you don't have preservatives in your food, then you should really advertise that, that you guys are just chicken and shitty oil, right? And so the guy writes me back. This is his third email. He's starting to add on to his ingredients. All of a sudden, TBHQ, dextrose, anti-foaming agent. Like it starts popping up, okay? Then I'm like, okay, can you tell me what's in your potatoes? And he ignored me. So then I got on Instagram and I was like, hey, label readers, Everybody email Canes and ask them for their ingredients. And once we all asked, then they gave me a full list of all the ingredients. And I mean, they're all pretty much the same everywhere you look. They're all getting it from same, likely same suppliers. But I'm curious, I know you studied what's really inside of our fast food. So I don't know if you want to dive into a specific fast food or how you want to approach this, but like, is our fast food really harming us? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a big question. First of all, I want to back up and just say the reason why we tested fast food, the top 20 fast food brands, plus we added an In-N-Out because we had some board members in California that that felt that In-N-Out might be safer. So it was 42 samples, but we tested fast food because we've tested 
school lunches the year before. And in the process Mm -hmm. found out that fast food brands actually supply school lunches. Interesting. Okay. How gross is that? Right. But you're saying like a kid may go to school and they're eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich and they know it's a Chick-fil-A sandwich? Nope. Okay. They don't know it's a Domino's pizza. They don't know it's a Taco Bell or or Del Taco Taco. They're not. These brands have previously not been allowed to advertise. However, Impossible Foods, who's funded by Bill Gates and some very big Singapore hedge fund fund called Tamasek um, in Singapore, the largest in the world, strong-armed the administration and allowed for Impossible Foods to be advertised in school lunches. And now Lunchables are going to be able to advertise in school lunches. So now advertising is getting through to our kids. I did learn from school lunch nutrition people and the USDA that, for instance, Domino's is a big supplier of pizza, but they don't supply the same exact pizza that's in the fast food places. They have to, because of Michelle Obama's initiative, the crust has to be made of whole wheat crust. The cheese has to be made of low fat cheese and the sauces and the cheese have to be low sodium. So these suppliers have to make different batches of pizzas, you know, and, and possibly, you know, the, the tacos and the chicken nuggets and all like all of those things, they need to be slightly different for schools because of the requirements. And that made it very difficult during COVID for, for them to continue having suppliers. And that's what COVID was actually good for schools in that way because they were allowed to use the money that they had um, to source more locally because they lost vendors due to the supply chain issues. And it forced them to think more locally to have more access. So this was positive, right? Yeah. So that's why we test. We tested fast food because we found out that, well, not only do 85 billion people a day eat fast food in America, that's almost a third of Americans, but 30 million school meals are served to our children every day. So that's, that's over a hundred something, you know, like 150 people, 150 million Americans eating day, eating these, this type of food every day. So we tested and we didn't want to test just for glyphosate because we know that a lot of farmers and suppliers or growers are now using other chemicals besides glyphosate. And so, but we did find fast food samples 100% positive for glyphosate. Wow. And glyphosate is a carcinogen, an endocrine disruptor. It causes liver and kidney disease. It kills off sperm. It androgenizes baby girls, meaning it makes them more masculine. It causes all kinds of cancers and it's been linked to leukemia, childhood leukemia. It is probably one of the most insidious chemicals that's ever been introduced to man. And Dr. Don Huber, one of our advisors, says that it makes DDT look like mouthwash. And DDT was banned within five years of finding it in breast milk and killing off the eagles and all that stuff. So it's it's been around for, right, glyphosate's been used now for 40 years. And we are looking at the devastation of the human race if this continues, frankly, really, that's how bad it is. So we found it in 100% of fast foods. And we found uh, the highest level was in Panera Bread. Mm. Second highest level was in Harvey's. And Panera Bread claims to have wholesome, good, clean food. And we're petitioning them right now. If they would choose to put glyphosate on their no-no list and say that we will not accept wheat sprayed by glyphosate or other toxic chemicals, we could be a part of, and they could be a part of transforming the food industry. It could be huge. Really? Yes. Panera Bread. Because they buy that much wheat. You know what I mean? They are big buyers. So we really encourage people to go to momsacrossamerica.org and click on action and sign the petitions. We also found uh, heavy metals in 100% of fast food and heavy metals like lead and cadmium that are very carcinogenic and neurotoxic, causing permanent brain damage. And some were levels as, as, as high as 1,000 
percent higher than what the EPA allows in drinking water. And that the highest level of cadmium was found in an in and out French fry order uh, sample. And when the highest level of lead was found in a sonic cheeseburger. And we also found veterinary drugs and hormones in fast food, very disturbing, 40 to 60% of the top 10 samples. We only tested 10 of for veterinary drugs and hormones because it's very expensive. But we found uh, antibiotics that are very toxic, for instance, uh, dogs and horses at extremely low levels, it causes their hind legs to go paralyzed. And you know who knows what that's doing to human beings? And it causes swelling and bloating, you know, gaining weight. They also contained a veterinary drug called uh, narcobazine, which is an antiparasitic for chicken disease called cocositis. And it was found in the chicken of a Chick-fil-A sandwich, which, and it also happens to be an aviary contraceptive. Wow. It is a known aviary contraceptive. They cannot give it to chickens that lay eggs because it will prevent them from laying eggs. They do give it to pigeons and geese around airports and state capitals you know, to prevent them from reproducing in those areas. So it is a known aviary contraceptive. So my concern, Jen, is children eating these foods. And we also found it in four school lunches, by the way, this narcarbazine. We went back and looked at the data. We're like, wait a second, was this in the school lunches? And we didn't realize it at the time when we broke the news about the school lunches that it was an aviary contraceptive. Yeah, it's depressing. Very, because if you think about it, when a woman is pregnant with a baby girl, that baby girl has all the eggs in it her she will ever have. So you're essentially pregnant also with your grandchild, right? And so if you, if your child, you know, you gave birth to that girl and she is consuming an, a contracept, an aviary contraceptive every day, something that can affect egg production. I mean, not just production, but, you know, the process of eggs and the fallopian tubes, we don't know because there haven't been studies on it, but uh, there's a finite number of eggs there you know, in a human being, a, a human female. So I'm extremely concerned about this. This is, to me, it's just outrageous that this would be allowed and that it would show up in the food supply. Yeah. And it's crazy that it is allowed. Like why, I mean, we have the FDA, we have all these so-called systems and why are they failing us so much? Well, we talked to them about that and they just kept pointing the finger to other regulatory agencies. We met with the EPA four times because we found glyphosate in breast milk back in 2013, uh, 14, it was when we broke the news, 2014. And this was around the time when it was declared a human carcinogen. I think that might've been 2015, but we went and met with the EPA four times. They said, go to Congress. So we went to Congress. We had a congressional briefing. We've actually had two of them, about one about glyphosate and one about the fast food and the school lunches. And then they said, go to the USDA. And we went to the USDA and we met with all women. We were very hopeful. One of them was pregnant. We're like, oh, we're really going to make some headway here. Yeah. And they said, we're, we're so sorry. We, we totally understand what you're saying, but our hands are tied. We have to find, we have to follow the dietary guidelines set by the FDA. So you should go meet with the FDA. So we met with the FDA and they said, well, actually we don't set the parameters of the pesticides and heavy metals allowed in the, in the food supply. The EPA sets that. So you have to go back to the EPA. So it's a full circle. Yes. So nobody's taking any responsibility for actually allowing. And, and when I said to the FDA, I said, well, so what do you do? If they set the parameters, what do you do? They said, we enforce. So I said, well, how do you enforce? Are you actually testing human beings for collective amounts for, you know, bioaccumulation right. of these heavy metals or pesticides? And they were like, no, we don't test humans. 
And they're like, we test the food supply. And I said, okay. That'd be crazy to test the humans. That'd be crazy to see if children are accumulating toxic levels of these pesticides, right? That they are allowing in the food, yeah, right? But they did say they tested food and you could see those results every two years. They're on their website. You know, they do the testing and then two years later, the information actually gets out to the public. Don't know why it takes two years to publish a report. <laughs> you know, Moms Across America has tested and put out the report in breast milk in like three weeks. You know, this is ridiculous. So I said, well, I actually have seen some of those reports because I was on the board of the California was the organic products advisory committee for the secretary of agriculture for the state of California, because of my position at moms across America, I was invited to be a consumer representative. And so I was there and I was pushing for glyphosate testing on and heavy metal testing in manure, because my suspicion is the way that glyphosate, the way that organic food is getting contaminated because we have seen it. Not all and not at super high levels, but some organic food has been contaminated and we want to know how and why. We have children who are chemically sensitive and eating a contaminated organic portion of food could seriously harm them, right? Could put them in the hospital. So we want to get to the source of that. I got all kinds of pushback. They did not want to hear it, even people within the industry, right? And during that time, I saw charts of what the USDA the California Department of uh, Food and Ag and the federal, the overall United States Federal Department of uh, FDA and the EPA, what they tested for in the food and the levels that they found. And when their reports came out, they said, oh, 98% of the 1,200 samples, food samples that we tested, had less than the maximum residue level that is allowed. Less than the maximum. Yeah, less than the maximum residue level allowed, which first of all, in wheat, it's like 30,000 parts per billion, right? And, and it's like one part per billion that can cause liver and kidney damage, right? So first of all, their maximum residue levels are set by industry standards and not by safety standards for human beings, right? So those are just bunk. That's just junk science. Yeah. Second of all, I looked at what they tested for. Okay, I got the list of what the California Department of Food and Ag tested for and what the federal uh, you know, Food and Drug Administration tested for. And then I asked the EPA for the list of the 25 top most widely used herbicides. What are the ones that are used the most? And guess how many I found on that list that these two... How many? So the federal... Every single one. The FDA was testing for two of them. Two. Of the top most widely used herbicides. And the California Department of Food and Ag was testing for three. Wow. And then putting out this report saying, oh, 98% of the samples that we tested were not positive for these harmful chemicals and definitely not over our maximum residue level. So it's just bunk. Bunk. It's just fraudulent. It's misleading to tell the American public that 98% of the samples they tested were not of concern, not harmful, no problems here when they're not testing for the top 25 most widely used herbicides. It's ridiculous. I know it's sad. It's sad that they're doing it to their own, their own humankind, their own, our own existence. It's really harming everyone. It's so upsetting. I agree. What exactly is there for someone listening? Is there a safe place to go to help impact this change that you're starting? I would say go to Moms Across America and sign up with us and join our newsletter and take action and sign our petitions. And get to know your local farmer is really, really important. And get to know what's going on in your food system. By the way, I didn't finish with the results on fast food. I, I want to get back to them. But yeah. but get to know what's going on at your local schools. And we we have a, our, one of our new heroes. Her name is Hillary Boyton. 
we met her at a, a local children's health defense conference, and she started a company called School of Lunch. And she became her school's school lunch lady. And she sourced local food and brought in local food and is now teaching other people, you know, school lunch uh, food directors, how to do that. And so she has a program that you can sign up for. It's called School of Lunch. I think there's one in June or July. And uh, we're trying to figure out a way how to scale her to on a national level and get franchises all across the country because uh, this is essential that we feed our kids healthy, nutrient-dense, safe, non-toxic food. And so I would say to feel safe, you know, join up with a buddy, uh, you know, get a mom friend who's like, yeah, I'm on board with you. You know, just talk to her about the importance of organic show her moms across America, get a buddy that, you know, when you have a play date with your friends and your kids, they can eat, they can share food. That creates a safe, a place of safety. When you bring your kid to a play date and they can't eat any of the food there that all of the other kids are eating, they do feel weird. And they, they do come back and say, I wish I could just be normal. And it's, it's challenging depending on their age to get them to comprehend that what they're eating is normal. What the other kids are eating is not normal. It's not normal to eat foods that can cause infertility and cancer and hyperactivity and violence and aggression. Okay. So is it momsacrossamerica.com? Dot com or dot org. We have both of them. Okay. Beautiful. And... Let's get back to the fast food because I know you said you wanted yeah. to talk about the findings of those. There's oh so many goodness. of them, right? Is there a safer or lower risk fast food place? Well, that's really hard to say because all of them had toxins. And in fact, the laboratory said that there were more toxins found in this food than nutrients. So I want to get into the nutrient part. Mm -hmm. But Chipotle had the lowest level of glyphosate. So that was good. I think the worst levels were in Jack in the Box, and well, Panera Bread had the highest glyphosate and Dunkin' Donuts. We're looking at industrial compounds right now. We haven't broken the news on that, but Dunkin' Donuts does not look good in that area. And America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why America's not running so good. Yeah, you're right. That's why America's running a little slow these days. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe America has, a lot of Americans have stopped running, you know? Exactly. America's got to wake up. That's part of the obesity problem. Yeah. So we think that people should rethink any consumption of fast food and take the time to create food at home that will be easy for you to bring with you to work and to for uh, coming home and consider that the amount of time it takes for you to go through the drive through line, order the food and get home that you could have made a very fast, you know, meal of burritos and a chipotle type bowl, you know, especially if you had the rice cooking on your rice cooker since the beginning of the day, right? You just turned on the rice cooker in the morning, you turned on the beans in your Instapot and you come home, you've got rice and beans, you pull out your salsa, you pull out your chicken that maybe you have cooked on a Sunday, maybe you baked a whole chicken and you pulled off the meat, you know, and you have it ready, you can assemble a burrito or a chipotle bowl in less than 10 minutes. Yeah. And I also tell people, like, if you're on the road and you, you're not a, you're not around home, you can't get home. Other things you do is find a grocery store, look on Google Maps, find a grocery store. The other thing is go on Yelp and actually search for organic and it'll find some places near you that are organic. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. So to get back to fast food, the nutrients were abysmal. And there's there's really important reasons why we tested for nutrients. First of all, your body does not function properly without proper nutrients. 
Meaning for instance, you know, like you don't detox if you have certain nutrients, your, your liver will start failing. You'll get all kinds of uh, problems or your brain will not function if you don't have certain nutrients. So we tested for minerals. And for instance, we just grabbed one of them. There's still a lot more da- data analysis that we need to do on it. But in order for a person to meet the recommended daily levels of copper, which is very important to have a balance of copper and zinc, especially in children with autism, you'll notice that there's an off balance of copper and zinc. So if you have a child with autism, definitely get them tested for their levels of copper and zinc and all minerals, all vitamins, heavy metals, all of that. They need, they need testing. You need to get to the source of that. And we found levels of copper so low that uh, a person would have to eat nine servings of Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets to get copper for the recommended daily intake. And we found vitamin B, not absolutely zero levels of vitamin B9 and B12 in, for instance, the Chick-fil-A sandwiches, or actually in any of the samples, zero levels of of vitamin B9 and B12, which are essential for cognitive function. So if our children are eating this fast food in the form of school meals on a daily basis, and that's the only food they're getting, they are not getting an extremely important vitamin in the Bs that is essential for their brains to function. We cannot expect their brains to be functioning in, in the way that they're supposed to if they're not getting vitamin Bs. And one was so low, vitamin B3, it was present, but it was so low that a woman would, for instance, have to eat 333 Chick-fil-A sandwiches in order to get her recommended daily intake. Yeah. And then if you're looking at, okay, I got to eat this much to get the recommended intake of the vitamins, think about all the poison you're pouring on top of it. Yeah. So it doesn't even compare. Yeah. So it's not cheap. Right. This cheap food is highly costly to our bodies. Oh my God. Yeah. And it shows. Yeah. We are spending over $4 trillion on healthcare every year now. We are, the average American spends 10000 a year on healthcare with insurance. What's ironic is that we we relate to this and we call this, we reference this as healthcare. It's not healthcare. It is sick yeah. care. You check in when you're sick, they give you some things, and then you leave and you have no idea how to actually get healthy. No one's teaching you how to get healthy. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. They give you a pill, which gives you side effects. And then you're back again the next month with these side effects and they give you more pills. Yep. And that's why some of the, you know, some of the average 60 year old is on 17 different medications mm-hmm. or 20, 12 different medications. I'm, and I'm just saying this from personal experience of taking care of my dad for the last 18 months of his life. Yeah. Right. This is just what I hear from talking to the doctors that I, I've seen. I, that's not a stat that I pulled from anywhere, Okay, but that's a lot of middle-aged people are on a lot of medications and a huge number of our teenagers and children are on antidepressants now. And so I have to tell a story that's connected with that and vitamin B3, okay? But yeah. so I've, I've got three short stories about vitamin B3. One of them is, please look up the book, Food and Behavior, A Natural Connection by Barbara Reed Stitt. She's a 20-year Lifetime Achievement Award winner. And she studied food and behavior in prisons and in high schools for about a year each. The studies were a year long. And so she's very competent in this area. It was in the late 80s or early 90s. There Definitely GMOs were in this scene and glyphosate was being sprayed, right? Those were being used, but she didn't talk about those. She just talked about processed food versus whole foods and things like that. So what she found across the board in studying parolees, criminals, and serial killers was that they bragged. The one thing that they all had in common was not their socioeconomic background. It was that they bragged that they lived on junk foods, right? Like they only ate... A certain food, you know, maybe it would be something frozen, put in a microwave or some local junk food, you know, some local fast food place and soda. And they all had low levels of vitamin Bs. And that's what's essential for their prefrontal cortex to do good decision making. Oh, sorry. And when they switched over the food at the prison, 
within that year, the recidivism dropped and switched. Instead of 70% going out and coming back in, 70% went out and stayed out. And only 30% came back in. And a significantly higher number of them went on to, you know, have successful jobs and all of that. Same thing with the high school. Instead, out of 5,000 kids, instead of 500 dropping out, only 14 dropped out. And a significantly higher number of them went on to go to college and to be successful and have fantastic lives. Just switching over the foods to whole healthy foods, getting at the, the sugar and the processed and the junk food, which also means, by the way, GMOs and glyphosate out of the schools. Yeah. And in the prisons and in the schools, they noticed, by the way, decreased uh, aggression and violence. And some studies have shown 37 to 50% drop in aggressive behavior in less than two weeks. It's beautiful. And this correlates with the, yeah, with the next two stories I want to tell you. One is, unless you have a comment about the prison. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, it just goes to show you how impactful your food is that, again, people don't associate with, but maybe reading, I just Googled that book. I was like, all right, got to put this on the list. But people need to, I think a lot of them want the scientific research and the studies. They want to like have the data in order to convince themselves that maybe this is what's going on in my children's life. Yeah. Maybe this is something I need to try as opposed to, I'm always a believer of like, do it and see if it works as opposed to like waiting for the findings. And so I like to tell people like, Hey, you start with you. And once you see the changes in you, then those around you will notice and they might take to it. But for those that really like to see the specifics and read the stories and find the data and the research, this is, this is beneficial for them. Yeah. And she has the science and it's, and it's not just in her book, she doesn't really talk about the the pesticides as much as I would hope, you know, and GMOs and glyphosate and all that. But she also talks about sugars and somebody who's hypoglycemic, how they could even do weird things and then black out. Like it could explain a lot of violent behavior. She explains a lot about food and behavior and it being a natural connection. So then the next story is about a study out of Germany called the, and it was out of the University of Strasbourg. And there was a farmer there in Germany who had a monocrop cornfield. We know what that means, right? Pesticides and herbicides and fertilizers used to grow corn. Could have been GMO, maybe not. Could have been just been conventional corn, but they were using fertilizers and pesticides to such an extent that the soil was like sand, very low nutrient density, low organic matter. And his the population of hamsters that lived on the cornfield were declining. I guess he was a very conscientious farmer. So he asked this local university to do a study on them. And the scientists found a very disturbing behavior. These hamsters were cannibalistic. The mothers were eating their own young on the first day of life. Wow. And when they tested these cannibalistic hamsters, they found that they were completely devoid of one vitamin vitamin B3. B3. And when they administered vitamin B3 to the hamsters, the cannibalistic behavior completely stopped. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yes. And there are studies to connect GMO corn with the interruption and the ability of the body to make vitamin B3 or to store vitamin B3, you know, the different B vitamins. So there's definitely a connection there to GMOs and glyphosate and all of that. And so anyway, my question is, you know, do we really need to be focusing on more gun laws? Uh, you know, our politicians spending millions of dollars on that, that, you know, gun laws that criminals are not going to follow, mm-hmm. or should we be focusing on getting safe, non-toxic, nutrient-dense food in the schools, right? And prisons. Fixing the source, right? Yeah, the source. And so one of our moms called us and begged us to do just that. She, this was a couple of years ago. It was after the, the tragic Florida school shooting. You remember that one? Yep. 
Yeah, the really big one. And um, it was the day after that. And she had her friend call me because it was a language barrier. And she said, I want you to know that when my son was nine years old, he had mental health issues. And I told the school and they said, you know, we can't do anything about it until one day when they called her and said, you you need to come pick up your school, your son from school, because he just threatened to blow up the school with a bomb and kill everyone in it. And she said, well, I told you he has mental health issues. And she's a single mom, low income, four kids struggling. Uh, and, you know, she couldn't afford to send him to a psychiatrist. And they said, okay, so we'll send you, send him to a psychiatrist. They did. And the psychiatrist assessed him and said, here's your SSRI, right? Antidepressant drug. And she said, well, isn't there anything else I can do? He said, well, it's either this or look at what you're feeding him. And she said, what do you mean? He said, well, have you thought about the pesticides, the food dyes, the preservatives, the toxins, the GMOs, the chemicals, pest, you know, all of that in the food? that you're feeding him because she, she, she admitted she feeds him, you know, pizza and tacos and hot dogs and, you know, standard American diet. And she said, no, I hadn't thought of it. And he said, well, you can either feed your kid organic or you can give him this medication. So she found a way organic rice and beans can cost less than $1.60 a meal, very nutrient dense, right? She found a way to feed her child or get hundred percent organic. And within two weeks, the school called her and said, we don't know what you're doing, wow. but keep doing it. This is a completely new human being. Wow. Give me goosebumps. And she called me that day. Yeah, because she said, I know that my son, who's now 17, you know, at the time she called me, would have been one of those kids that would have gone out to Walmart and bought a gun and shot kids at his school. And that's a very difficult thing for a mother to admit. Yeah. But she said, but I'm telling you this because he won't do that now because he's eating organic. He's healthy. He's responsible. He's happy. He's working at a community garden. You know, he's a great kid. And I said, you know what you did? You created a new future for your son. Yeah. That was not the future he was going to have. You created a new future for him by feeding him organic food. And you created a new future, not just for your son, but for everybody at that school and all of their friends and family members for thousands of people, because they didn't have to go through that trauma. And you probably even created a new future for all of America because who knows, maybe your son will run for office or create a new product or a service or something that will affect, I mean, look at Facebook or Google, you know, like it just takes the idea of one person to change the world. Right. So that's why we're doing the work that we're doing is because we want people to be able to live up to their fullest potential and to be able to contribute to society in a way that makes a difference. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Zen. I appreciate that. As a prolific writer, Zen has been published in magazines, newspapers, online, and now her own book, which is called Unstoppable, which is a story of a mother who learns about the current state of our world food supply and how it affects your dinner table and the health of everyone that you love, those around you. Zen, how can people find you? I know momscrossamerica.com. They can follow you on social media, Moms Cross America. Look up your book, Unstoppable. Yes. Yes. Unstoppable is on Amazon. We are on TikTok, Twitter, now known as X, Instagram, Facebook, Telegram, YouTube. Now we're getting taken off YouTube a little bit. Ah, Rumble. Yeah. It happens. So yeah, we're, we're around. We're in a bunch of movies, a new movie called Common Ground, which is out now. I highly recommend it about the food supply. We're in Bought is another movie, Secret Ingredients, Modified. There's a bunch of peril on their plate. There's a bunch of movies that we're in too. If you go to momsacrossamerica.org or .com, you can see us in the news as well. We were recently uh, featured on The High Wire and a bunch of uh, local TV stations about the, the fast food information. So Tell me this. Is it hard to get featured on the news with your information? Oh, yes. I would think it is. Yes, it is. How are you even getting in? Because 
I hired a PR about two years ago, cost an arm and a leg, Mm -hmm. and they got me an interview with Oprah Daly, Home and Garden, Martha Stewart, all these things. And these people are talking to me and they're like, I love what you do, but you can't come on and say, you know, Sabra Hummus has chickpeas. I mean, it has glyphosate. You can't say Aunt Jemama has a known carcinogen in it, all these things. So there was a lot of controversy with having me on. So I'm curious, how do you get on? Yeah. So we did pay a PR person for a month of service to get the fast food information out. And they are, they're an older PR company that's very well connected. But the new stations that we get on are smaller local stations. So far, there is a national one that is considering... But the smaller local stations was interesting. You know how they have the headphones to the production room? Yeah. And then one to the host and then one to the guest. Yeah. They didn't turn a channel off on one of them. And so she said, you know, so the host said to the production room, first she said to me, Zen, are you planning on mentioning the brand names? And I said, yes, I'd like to mention that Chick-fil-A, you know, 333 sandwiches, oh, yeah. Sonic cheeseburger, you know, in and out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Panera Red. I'd like to mention, I, I said exactly the brand names that I wanted to mention. And she said, okay, let me check uh, on that. And so she checked with production and they left their communication line open and production said, well, none of those companies are our sponsors. Exactly. So I guess that's okay. Yes. But she needs to say them, not us. She needs to say them and not us. Okay, I'm with you. So that's exactly what happened to me. It was like Aunt Jemima sponsored my local station and somebody came running in. I was doing a segment. We were making like sweet potato casserole during Thanksgiving and I was sweetening it with real maple syrup. But I'm telling the, the audience, it was live TV. Like, hey, you guys, go in your pantry, check your maple syrup. You want to make sure it's one ingredient, 100% organic maple syrup. You don't want any of those other ingredients. I know if you have Aunt Jemama, it may look healthy because it says fat-free or reduced sugar. But And I started naming the harmful effects of that or the ingredients. And production team comes running in like, you can't talk about Aunt Jemama. They're a sponsor, blah, blah, blah. And so after that, it was like, all right, Jen, you can't mention it any brands. You can't show any brands. And so I thought, well, this is going to be really difficult to reach the public or the masses with this information. So you have to do it this grassroots. Thank God there's social media and podcast platforms and all these things so that those who um, are interested can listen and can be informed, right? Yeah. And can now with, with a company like yours, your organization, become a part of that impact as well. Yes. It's very challenging. And I just have to say that there are news stations out there that will talk about it. And I don't know how they get away with it. You'd have to ask them, you know, how they get away with it. I guess yeah. maybe either they don't have those sponsors or they don't care about that. But there are news stations like the High Wire that has 7 million viewers and, you know, they don't have any corporate sponsors, so they don't have to talk about that. And and I always say, you know, you can fire scientists or a doctor or a reporter, right? But you can't fire a mom. So we're going to keep talking and podcasts like yours are the way that people are going to find out this information and get it out there. And you can't stop us from talking at pre- preschool parking lots. Yeah, we're the mama bears. We're going to keep talking and we're going to keep sharing on social media. And they have censored us extensively on social media. So we ask you, if you go to Facebook or Instagram, don't just like it. Please comment and please share it because that's what makes the out. They can't beat that algorithm. You know, when you actually physically do that, you really have to comment and share on things that you want other people to see. It's liking it just, it doesn't do enough these days. So we do appreciate when people do that. And please donate to Moms Across America. We can't do this testing. It's very, very expensive. We can't do this testing without your support. So we, it's the end of the year now. We are looking forward towards a new year. We want to test 
gluten-free food. It could even have higher levels of glyphosate than non-gluten-free food, you know, than regular food because of the the grain content, the, you know, the chickpeas, the beans, the peas, the soy, the, the corn. And we want to test gluten-free food. We want to test children's hospital food. We want to test military food. We want to test all kinds of foods. We want to test more restaurant food. We'd love, we're having people ask us, are these antibiotics and hormones found in ground beef and ground turkey from Costco, right? Like, well, who knows? There could be, right. there could be these veterinary drugs and hormones found in almost every meat product out there, you know, but we also did find, by the way, the impossible foods products, the impossible, the Burger King impossible burger and the Starbucks impossible sausage sandwich had twice the level of glyphosate than their meat counterparts. Wow. So don't think this fake meat lab meat stuff is going to do you any good because it's really not going to be helpful. For sure. And that's the thing that's not even on the label, not even on the label. I talk about the label says methicellulose, which is a laxative. So why would someone want to be consuming a laxative? But you're finding things that aren't even on the label, the things that are putting a burden on our health and our children's health. And everybody here can do something about it. If you go to momsacrossamerica.com or click the links beneath the podcast, they're also going to probably be listing a lot of those movies that you mentioned. So if you're next time sitting on the couch, drinking some organic tea, wondering what, what you should do to inform yourself a little bit more, check out a lot of those movies. Zen, you've been amazing. I appreciate your time so much. And I look forward to helping you guys out. Okay. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for your audience and and for everybody, your team. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. 